Hi again, folks, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again. Great to have you with us. Thanks for tuning in. Apologize for the slight delay. It's been about a week and a half now since our last episode, which is entirely my fault. Having some technical difficulties with my um, current PC, but it seems to be back with the program now. And if you're noticing a change in my voice and the audio generally, you can join me in offering a huge thank you to Huey, one of our favorite clients who is back in Japan braving the new coronavirus. And he's brought me this amazing new microphone. I mean, seriously, folks, you got to see this thing. It's the sexiest gadgets I've ever seen, let alone own. And obviously, as you can hear, it's also doing wonders for the audio quality. So again, thanks, Huey. You've definitely just been upgraded to best customer ever. And I'm sure our listeners are equally grateful. Now, speaking of Corona, today's podcast is a recording of a business call with a new Australian client who is currently living in China. And he and his wife have just started shopping around for a holiday home here in Japan. Ideally, a cabin in the woods type place somewhere in the warmer areas of the country. So in this call, we're discussing many of the things you've already heard here in the past, but also a few new topics like prefab or pre-built homes and touching a bit on the viability of these holiday homes for short-term rentals and the owner's absence. So hopefully quite a lot of new info for you there as well. The call itself was unfortunately recorded without this amazing new microphone, the Yeti Blue it's called, by the way. So not as good quality-wise, but hopefully good enough to hear still. Just one last word before we jump right in there, a quick reminder on our webinar that's coming up this Sunday evening, March 8th, or Saturday evening, March 7th, for our listeners in the Americas. Plenty of registration and pre-submitted questions already, but if you do want to submit your own or just join us on the day, we'll post the links to the webinar page again in this episode's show notes. Okay, so here's the recording call with a customer earlier this week, all about shopping for a cheaper holiday home, more of a cabin really, in Japan. Enjoy. All right, yep, so go for it. You were talking about holiday home shopping, yeah? Yeah, so, I mean... Just to give you a bit of background, uh, I live in China at the moment. I've been here for about 10 years. Um, I've visited Japan five or six times now. Um, and we're just looking for a, a small house to potentially use as a holiday home, uh, somewhere we can go to once or twice a year, so not too far from Shanghai, which is where I'm based at the moment. Uh, and I've got basically five uh, requirements from the house. So um, I can run through those now. Um and they kind of dictated uh, sort of the property we've, we've been looking for um, at the moment. So the first one would be uh, something which is quite low maintenance or low cost um, because I don't want to be having to go out there more than necessary uh, to fix it and to spend a lot of money on uh, maintenance. So that, that was our first major requirement. Uh, the next was having something quite small, which I think in Japan is relatively easy, uh, as I've seen. Um so that's uh, that's the second one. The third one would be something with a bit of character. Um, you know, we could go for an apartment somewhere, um, but I think we were looking for somewhere which had a bit of, um, you know, a bit of maybe a bit of land, um, and just felt very comfortable, cozy, somewhere you could stay for one or two weeks quite easily. Um, yeah. Then the fourth one was something with a, a little bit of land or a view, maybe a garden. Um, You've actually just had a new baby about a month ago. Oh, congratulations. So, uh, thank you. So, you know, somewhere where he can potentially run around or we can plant some vegetables, something like that, just sit in the, sit in the garden in the summer. Uh, 
uh, with a glass of wine. And then the, the fifth one is located relatively close to transport uh, or, a, or a fairly major city. Um, so those are those are kind of things that uh, we've been looking for. Um, and I've been looking across lots of websites uh, for what, what's on offer at the moment. You know, so I've been on many websites. I've seen everything from nice apartments to IKEA uh, and everything in between. Yep. Um, I guess the only reservation I've got about those criteria is that if you're looking at a house, um, meaning um, what you mentioned with the garden, um, you know, potentially a view and so forth, um, maintenance on Japanese houses concerning, considering their building materials and building standards is usually pretty high. Um, yeah. There's not too many stone or concrete builds, um, unless you fork out the cash to build one yourself, that is. We definitely don't see many of those uh, being sold secondhand. So the wooden, I mean, the, the, the base is concrete, but the structure is usually wooden or steel-framed wood. Um, and yeah. those do take a fair bit of maintenance, and more so the older they get. So... I guess it's a trade-off between your initial purchase or building budget and your uh, maintenance budget. I mean, attending in person is not going to be an issue. There's people who can do the work for you, but the budget is definitely going to be something that you need to look at long-term. Of course. Um, so yeah, I, I guess, mean, I mean, the I links that you sent to me seem to be on the cheaper and older side, yeah? Yeah. I, yeah, I sent you one particular link, which is near uh, where you guys are located in Japan. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's tiny, it's 19 square meters, but it comes with about 200 square meters of land. So my thinking was that, you know, if this is a smaller property, then maybe the maintenance could almost be done either by myself when I go over there, or it'd be relatively inexpensive to maintain if, as it's such a small property. Because, I mean, I've seen bigger properties, you know, similar price range, IKEA sort of properties. But, you know, they require so much investment, uh, you know, and they're quite dated and everything would have to be done. So I was hoping to hopefully avoid a lot of that if possible. But 20 square meters, you're talking the size of an um, average hotel room. It's more of a log cabin than a house. Is that something you're comfortable with? Yeah, essentially, yeah. I've been looking at log cabins uh, as well because I think they fit uh, our requirements quite well. Um, so, yes, yeah, you know, it's not somewhere you could live. But it's definitely somewhere you have a bathroom, a small living area, a uh, small kitchen. Um, to a point, I mean, most of the people that I know with these types of houses have more of a, a like a chemical outdoor toilet thing, not, not something um, interior in most cases. I guess it, it's a case-by-case -case basis we can look at them. Um, but again, so, so when you say holiday home, how long are you going to be staying at a stretch? Um, I think... I mean, I think we'd see ourselves going out there for maybe uh, twice per year, maybe 10 days uh, each time. So not, not a great deal of time. Um, and I was hoping that during the, the other periods that it's something that we could maybe rent out on uh, something like Airbnb or, or maybe locally. Uh, I'm not, not really sure. Um, well, two factors there. First off, uh, houses are a bit more difficult to rent out short term, at least to Japanese. You might be able to um, to set up your own business and reservation uh, uh, sort of system for foreigners who are coming in for short holidays. But if you talk about the typical short term stay market um, 
in Japan that's managed by local Japanese property managers. Um, that usually is not going to work very well with houses and cabins. It's more apartments that they're looking for. And the other thing is that with them,、um, real short term leases, Airbnb type, so anything that's under a month and is not actually done with a tenancy lease,、um, like a, a bed and breakfast、um, guest type、uh, hospitality business. That's been really, the, the legislation there has been seriously revamped as of June last year. So there are a lot of restrictions on what you can do with these places these days. And they are imposing the necessity for a dedicated person to be within a certain distance from the property to answer any emergency calls 24 hours. In some places, it's、um, 500 meters from the property, some places up to a kilometer or so. Um, yeah, so compliance. compliance Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just, I, wasn't, I knew they changed the law recently, but I wasn't aware of the full ins and outs of、uh, that,、uh, yeah. those changes. Unless you apply for an actual hotel license,、uh, which is not that difficult, but probably not worth it for a place of the size that you're thinking of. Um, and then you'll have、okay. to set up a company and you'll have to pay accounting and bookkeeping for the company structure. That's just not worth it unless you've got at least 10 or 12 rooms. Okay.、Uh, if you've got an apartment, you can lease it out by the month when you're not there. That's called monthly mansion here in Japan. And that doesn't actually fall under the Minpaku, the short term stay legislation. So you can pretty much do whatever you want.、Um, but again, that. Those properties would not be very popular unless they're condo units.、Um, so, if, if you don't mind just testing and playing with it and trying to get foreign guests to stay and、um, treat it as a hobby project rather than an income generator, that's fine. But if you're actually looking to,、um, you know, for the property to at least pay for the、uh, building and maintenance fees when you're gone, I'd probably go for a condo with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, our primary goal is to have somewhere which is,、uh, you know, a holiday house,、um, essentially. I think the Airbnb or the short term renting would be a nice bonus, but I think it's not something that, you know, really decides whether we buy something or not. Okay, well, if, if that's the main criteria, then why don't we look for either、um, something that's already in place that, as you say, is more of a cabin than a house and doesn't require too much maintenance, or alternatively, maybe. And just a cheap plot of land that you can put a prefab on. Yeah, that's something which interested me as well. I mean, I've got a background in architecture and I've seen a lot of the prefabs available in Japan. And, you know, some of them look you know, stunning. Yeah. So that would be of interest as well.、Um, What's your total budget on this for the land and the property itself and the, and the house itself? I think we'd be talking in the region of about 5 million. Uh, have so you not, looked not, at the prices for the prefab homes? Prefab homes I've seen are, I've seen a couple from places like Muji, like very small ones.、Yep. They're about $20,000, I think, at the moment. Okay.、Um, And that's again the size you're talking about,、so、yeah? It's a single bedroom kind of thing, or a studio log cabin kind of thing, yeah? Yeah, essentially, yeah, it's, it's very small. Yeah. Within 20 square meters. Yeah. Okay. And they, how are they for、uh, plumbing and electricity and that sort of thing? Sorry, I lost you there. 
Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, and uh, what 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 were they like as far as um, like you mentioned, toilets, kitchen, plumbing, electricity, wiring, that sort of thing is all uh, pre-built. For some of them, yes, they are pre-built into the prefabs, um, but I think some you have to organize for yourself. Um, so I think there's varying options you can go for. Okay. So as long as the land has ready ready access for. Um, Uh, water and electricity connections from the local municipality, you should be able to um, pick the structure to suit kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know much in terms of the regulations on, you know, where you can build or the size of the property compared to the size of the land. I mean, I suppose it depends on the, the area that you're building in. Uh, yes, each, each of these land parcels comes with its own... Um, floor space to um, structure, uh, I forget the term, sorry. Um, there's floor space and then there's total structure um, capacity that needs to be um, somewhere between 50% to 80% of the land usually. Okay. So as long as the land is, uh, let's say, 30, 40 square meters, you should be okay putting something at the size that you're discussing in it. I mean, they, depending on location, they might have some extra ordinances about um, what colors you can paint it or how far from the road it needs to be and that sort of thing. But the, most of the prefabs usually fit all of these. That shouldn't be an issue. Mm. Okay. So in terms of uh, timelines, so I suppose there's two options here. We have a, a timeline in talking about, um, say, I was to purchase that house, what sort of timeline would we be looking at from now uh, until actually, I suppose, handing over the keys? Um, well, with the prefab, we don't have much experience with prefab, so we'll need to contact the companies uh, on your behalf and find out what the delivery times are like. With the land, or if it's a land with a house on it, it's usually... Once you submit an offer and the offer has been accepted and we're proceeding towards settlement, it usually takes about two months at most, sometimes less than that. Okay. And in terms, I mean, in terms of uh, negotiation and offer, I mean, do you negotiate down the price often on some of these properties? Yeah, some definitely. of the ones I've seen have been for sale for over two years. So yeah. is, is there scope to um, negotiate down? Um, definitely. Anything that's out of the city and is vacant, meaning it's not generating any income at the moment, is usually quite negotiable. Um, obviously, I mean, depending on the seller, if they're not very motivated to sell, they might stick to the price, which is more why you might have seen these properties on the market for two years. Um, yeah. But a lot of them are definitely open to negotiation. So, I mean, we try case by case basis, but we shouldn't have any problem coming in at at least 10 to 20% off the uh, listed price. Okay, that was my next question. So, yeah. okay, 10 to 20%, yeah, if they're motivated. Yeah. Um, and obviously, so, you know, I'm currently in China. Uh, traveling for me is very difficult at the moment. Um, and so, you know, if I, you know, I won't probably won't be able to visit until uh, maybe March, maybe we don't, don't know at the moment. Yeah. So is that, is that something that you guys could help me with? You, you could, Visit some of the properties in my absence. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we can um, we can represent you 
just to make inquiries and then is your um is your partner japanese at all no she's chinese chinese okay um and she doesn't speak japanese by any chance uh, unfortunately not no. yeah. um, i'm guessing in that case that you also need us to represent you throughout the entire purchase process because um That's even correct. if you do attend in person and sign documents on um on your own the um the listing agent requires by law that somebody be present for the uh, explanation of important matters, they call it, for reviewing the property purchase documents. Uh, somebody needs to be fluent in Japanese, both written and spoken. Yeah. So you're probably going to need us um, to represent you throughout the entire process. Definitely. Um, so yeah. for that, uh, with the budget that you're talking about, we're probably uh, going to be 4 or 5% on the purchase price. Okay. So yeah, five, I've done some calculations. So yep. Seems. So five percent if it's up to uh, five million yen, and four uh, percent if it goes beyond that. Probably going to be five percent from what you describe it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Um, um, but if we need to get if we need to go anywhere out of Kyushu, so if it's anywhere in Kyushu that we're going, where we're based, so Fukuoka, Kumamoto, and so forth. Um, that's fine. We can do that for you. If you need us to go anywhere else, we just need to also charge you for transportation accommodation. Of course. But yeah. we, we travel coach and business hotels, so that's not going to put you um, too much out of pocket. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I completely understand. Um, I suppose I just one more question was, I suppose it was around uh, so renovations um, and potential you know, rebuilding. So if I did find somewhere... Uh, which was in reasonable condition, uh, but did need some renovation work. Now, is that something that you'd be able to assist me with, I suppose, A, finding someone to carry out the work, um, and then B, uh, I suppose, managing it in my absence if, you know, if I couldn't go there to check the, the sign-up, for example? Yep, absolutely. That's what we do um, for those sort of services. So once the deal is concluded and you don't need us for rental purposes or so forth, and we just charge by the hour. So we charge 2,800 yen plus tax per hour. Um, so that's about, what, uh, 25, 30 US maybe with tax? Um, and depending on how much work is involved. I mean, in most cases, we're probably going to be involved more at the beginning and then some periodical monitoring and then summary. Um, yeah. As for the actual amount of hours, I'm guessing in most cases the renovator is not going to have um, English-speaking staff, so you'll probably need us um, for communications along the project as well. Correct. Um, but hopefully not too much of it. So, I mean, it really depends on what you're going to be getting and what sort of work needs to be done. It's hard to estimate in advance. Okay. Uh, and I suppose, is that... Um so something that, sorry, do you have a list of, um, you know, maybe architects and uh, contractors that you currently work with? Or is this something you do on a case-by-case -case basis? Well, we do in particular areas where we've worked before, but it's always better to source a local one. So depending on where the actual property is going to be, we might be using somebody that we've already used in the past, or it might be somebody new. Okay, that's clear. Great. Uh, lots of food for thought there. Yeah. Um, we can also, I mean, once we're engaged and, you know, we've, we've concluded that we're going to assist you with the sale, whatever the sale ends up being, 
Um, that price that you pay us also includes research and due diligence on your behalf. So we can actually help you with researching potential properties and presenting you with samples and giving you information, not necessarily stuff that you found on your own, but we can do the work for you as well if you want. That's all included. Yeah, that's something I'd be interested in. Yeah. Um, because I my, my limit, limited knowledge of uh, you know the Japanese market and which areas I should be looking in, I think that would be really useful for me. Yeah, we can definitely help you with that. You give us some criteria, but I mean, it's basically a lifestyle choice, right? If you prefer to be close to the beach or in more snowy areas, or you've mentioned close to a major city, but you know, each of these, um, Japan has quite a few climates all throughout it. So each of these climates has a major city close to it. So it's more a case of um, what sort of weather and um, what sort of nature you want to be closer to, that's all. Yeah, I mean, uh, from my point of view, somewhere with mountains, uh, nature and warm. And warm. Okay, so that's, 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 that's a yeah. big... <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I guess looking around Fukuoka is not a bad thing. Have you looked at Itoshima at all? Do you know Itoshima? No, I haven't. Not, not yet. Itoshima is west of Fukuoka. So similar to the um, areas that you've been looking at in those samples that you sent to me. But it's a very um, sort of up-and-coming beach community, beautiful beaches, and they got a lot of galleries and cafes and so forth. And it's um, somewhere, depending on where you are exactly, but somewhere between... Uh, 40 minutes to an hour from Fukuoka City. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be ideal. That does sound uh, perfect. Yeah, if, if you want to go full-on tropical, we can look at Okinawa and stuff, but then you're off the mainland. So if you want to get back to a major city, um, options are a bit more limited. But the, it is the tropics. I mean, the weather there is very warm. Yeah, yeah I'd like to go there one day. I've not been there yet. Um, I mean, our, our houses. In Okinawa, are they any more expensive because it's further away from the mainland? Um, if it's close to Naha, to the main city, it can be on par with other areas in Japan. If you're down to one of the smaller islands, um, it'll be cheaper. But then getting to the main city means a flight. So maybe not exactly what you're looking for. No. I mean, I know we've got direct flights from Shanghai to Okinawa. So... Mm -hmm. That's, that's not too bad. And also, the uh, um, I mean, the culture and atmosphere is a bit different to mainland Japan. I probably visit there before deciding if you want to look at properties there. Yeah, yeah. When I can, when I can leave here on a, a flight, I should. Yeah, how are you going with that, though? By the way, are you uh, quarantined? Um, yeah. So at the moment, I can't. I can't actually go. Um, go. Can't go to work. I'm still working from home. Yeah. Um, things are beginning to get uh, back to normal. So most companies have gone back to work this week. Uh, people physically going to the offices, but they're still uh, not really sure about, you know, the next couple of weeks going to be uh, the most important. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so I mean, maybe let's leave Okinawa off the table until you can actually visit. Yeah. Um, and if you do, I mean, like you said, there's a bit of information to mull over. So maybe once you've done some uh, reading, I'll send you some documents to look at just to explain the purchase process. Um, and maybe once you've done that and you're happy to move forward, we can sort of narrow down a list of particular areas and start researching around there. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Yeah, All perfect. Right. Yes, thank you very much. Pleasure. Take care. Stay safe there. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Okay, so there you have it. The main takeaway here, I guess, is that holiday homes don't really have to be crazy expensive. You can definitely find dirt cheap land anywhere in Japan, as long as you're within reasonable distance from the city. 
and prefab homes are also quite affordable these days. However, if you are thinking about gaining some income from the place when you're not using it, apartments are far more stable and easy to lease via standard Japanese channels compared to houses, at least in most locations around the country. So hope to see you with us on our webinar this Sunday or Saturday. Don't forget to pre-register if you do want to submit any questions in advance. Otherwise, we might run out of time on the day. There are already quite a few pre-submitted questions in there. And of course, we would greatly appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your networks. And even better, if you could please leave us a rating or awarded review, do it right now before you click play on the next podcast you've got lined up in your playlist on the iTunes store. Short rating, short review would mean the world to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, yoroshiku!